Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Well, my job's done. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl. <laughs> Australian. <laughs> yep, well, there you go. So I've already got my intro done. <laughs> All right. Um, I have... Three members of my firefighting family with me today. I have Ash. Hey there. I have Scott. Hey. And I have Mr. Spence. Hi, Carl. We're short on people. Where's where'd all the volunteers go? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. did all the volunteers you go? said that last yeah. week. Yeah. Somebody should yeah. do a podcast about yeah. that. It's true. They should. Mm-hmm. Terrible retention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing well. Um, news. He's got some news for me today. I've got some news for us today. Hot dog. Oh. Mr. Spence. <laughs> As it turns out. There's an epidemic of fire trucks <laughs> crashing. In Georgia, there were two fire trucks that crashed within 40 feet of one another. A week apart. Separate About days. Separate days, like not the same day, but a week apart, one truck crashes, and then a week passes, another truck crashes, like very close vicinity. Uh, are we attributing that to slick roads from being the winter time? Well, mm-hmm. what I read, yeah, there was something to do with the road. I don't know if, does Georgia get snow? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if they do. But they yeah, were saying pictures. something that it could be potentially something to do with the actual road itself. Oh, okay. They're sure. looking into it. Yeah. Um, locally. Locally, there was a... Local news. Yeah, and in the local news, there was a fire truck that crashed fairly close to here. Yeah. Um, and uh, another one of the companies nearby had to cross cover for rescue because... Are they done the... crossing? I think they still are. I think they still are, yeah. They still are as well, yeah. Because their rescue yeah. truck went down a uh, pretty steep embankment. Yeah. No one was injured, I don't think. I don't think so. And, um, Very lightly, I think, from what I heard. Yeah, yeah. but their rescue truck is uh, no longer. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we could even go back a few years and talk about crashing fire trucks. Do you want to do that, Ash? Uh, yeah. Well, I we think we've already to talked about that. It's fun to talk some yeah. more. Yeah. I don't know if that's a crash, because it was more... You guys didn't. You guys weren't driving it. No, nobody was driving. It was perfect. <laughs> Where do you lay the blame? Right. Uh, it's like the country song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Exactly. <laughs> I was just hoping Rob was taking the wheel because he was the driver. <laughs> he did go running after the truck. He did, yeah. So It's funny because he threw you under the bus. No, we did. <laughs> or under the truck, as it were. <laughs> I wasn't on that podcast, and I remember listening to it, and I'm like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> This couldn't have had anything less to do with me. <laughs> Passenger the whole way, we hop out of the truck, and it was a, I don't want to call it a mechanical failure, don't park an automatic truck on a steep hill and try to rely on your park pin. It's a bad idea. So, hmm. put it in park. That's a fact. The yeah. more you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um... So that happened, the park pin failed, and bush. 
went for a ride. <laughs> a big ride, yeah. Crash bang. Many, well, many well, dollars damage. Yeah, so. Yeah. I remember the rescue truck, our big rescue truck getting stuck once in the ditch. We went up, oh, right up the hill. Slick uh, road. Slightly out of our area. Yeah, yeah. Well, not, sorry, it was in our area, slightly out of the, it was off the beaten path to a rescue call yeah. and we slid into the ditch it took us quite some time because we had to basically i remember back we had to back the truck right down a fair fair distance to get it out of the ditch um yeah i remember that one mm-hmm. there's been a few of them well i got engine sliding. 181 stuck in that uh <laughs> mud mud hole thing with... yeah hmm? oh yeah so much that we actually had a uh there's an award now <laughs> for right. running trucks out the chain award yeah, that's been a long-standing award. Yeah, has it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Originally, yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about it originally. Yeah. Came out. What other? Has there been any other like road accidents? I mean, I think really serious. Yeah. I think. No, I remember. I was actually thinking about this. Um, wasn't an accident, but it was. <clears throat> it wasn't due to slick roads, but it was uh, <laughs> just due to uh, you and I. Was at a practice night. There was a structure fire north of town. We were in the the brand new water tender. Was the log home burning? You and I were in the brand new water tender, and uh, you're like you weren't used to it because the old water tender was a lot stouter, I guess. Yeah. And this one had a little higher. So I remember we went around the corner, and, and you're like, "Hey, we're up on two wheels." <laughs> <laughs> and then we went back down. We kept responding. I was that was good. <laughs> we didn't crash, but it was just like, huh. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, drive. Don't drive it like you don't want to stole it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the advice is. Drive to the conditions. That's it. That's better. Drive, your <laughs> drive safe, everyone. Yeah. There you go. Don't smash up your stuff. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just a couple of quick things. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to I Am Responding. Uh, again, check out our Facebook page for a link to the I Am Responding page, which will allow you to test out their software and uh, give it a go and see if you like it. We use it, it works well for us. Um, so yeah, see if it works for you. They seem to be fairly well priced um, for the services that are out there. And they've been one. They've been around for the longest, pretty much. Like they're one of the, the I think that was actually originally why we went with them, was it not? They've been no, around for the longest a, period. A lot of people use them up and down the valley. We actually use a different one at one point, originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna see who it was, because we don't use them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, I like them for other reasons because we could actually hear the call no matter where we were. So you could hear what the call was even if you're out of region because it was a voice over internet thing. Yeah, you could hear the um, radio traffic if you logged yeah. into this app. The, the challenge with that was the, pro- the problem we were having was it was actually um, everybody could listen to our call. Yeah. Like we had that big, a big couple of big fires and people in like Toronto were, that I knew were like, hey, I heard you on a radio. Because like, <laughs> they were listening from out east. So. Um, so then we went to Iron Responding because it had better options, more options. And overall, I think it's a better product. Yeah, yeah. it definitely works well. For it me. definitely is a better product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially for the pre-planned stuff. Oh, for good. sure. Yeah. Um, and also a big shout again to Chief Miller for picking us up as a sponsor. We appreciate it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we look forward to the, the fun that we're going to be having in the future with that. That guy never sleeps. No. He's like always posting. Constant. Constant posts mm-hmm. from Chief Matt. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I leave. I leave the gram to. I leave the gram to Ash because I just don't get it. Instagram is just <laughs> not. It's not my bag, man. <laughs> <coughs> it's so easy. Ah, uh, I just don't get it. 
I just don't get it. It's like Facebook with no drama. <laughs> That's why you go on Facebook, though, for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> literally three quarters of Facebook. Anyway, this is not a Facebook episode. <laughs> Today's episode, we are discussing, and the episode is called First Do Structure Fires. So this is uh, this is an episode where we're going to run through, it's probably going to be like a, we're thinking maybe a three-part episode, um, starting with... With spinoffs. With spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be... Three-part uh, series, not a three-part episode. There you go, three-part three series, yeah. yeah. And this mm-hmm. is episode one of a three-part like a mini series? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like the Man, Hobbit. Made for TV no, not movie. the Hobbit. Yeah, like no, the Hobbit. Well, that's not Lord of the Rings. Not mini at all. Mini at all. I don't know. I watched it the other day. It's the River Runs Extended it's, cut. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> epic. Can we do an extended cut? We we could do lots of cuts. This is the point of the matter is. <laughs> I think the way the way we're rambling already. I think we might have to. The we're we're discussing the first on scene. So today is going to be the first truck to arrive. So you've had a call. The page has come in. You've got a full truck, you're heading the scene, and there is a full working structure fire. Scott, take it from there. So, um, there's nothing ever set in stone. I think it's the first thing we got to talk about, because um, I, I believe some departments are like, this is this is what's going to happen, but like, you can't. I don't I don't think there's a, there's a legit way to do that, is to make it set in stone, because um, there's just too much, too many variables. So... I know one of the first things we have to start thinking about right away is the water. Um, if it's an urban area, like we have, you know, we have urban and rural. So if we're in an urban environment, <clears throat> the hydrant, who hits the hydrant? And there's, there's lots of discussions and arguments on the internet and wherever and fire manuals that, and no one really agrees, it seems. Um, and even in our department, I don't think it's not an agreeable thing. It's, it's again, it's, it's situational dependent. I've been on times where first do engine hits a hydrant. Um, I've been on ones where we literally park next to the hydrant and we look down. Um, I often tell a story of when um, there was a structure fire a couple of years back. Um, I get on the truck as a as the officer. I look back. It was a fairly light week um, for members. I look back and I have there's two brand new rookies, um, and in our department, uh, rookies wear black hats. So I look in the back seat. I shouldn't say brand new. They had been in for a month or two, but, you know, they could fight some fire, but they, you know, it's kind of like, eh. And I saw a yellow helmet, who, then that's a member who knows that they're, you know, should know all the firefighting procedures. I was captain, and we had another guy driving. As we pull on out on the apron, I look back again, and I realize the guy in the yellow hat is actually so new that he doesn't even have a black helmet. He just, they just gave him a, hel- a helmet to wear. <laughs> <laughs> Like what? <laughs> but because again, volunteers, we were a light. It was it was a light haul. I knew there was guys coming because I could hear. Uh, well, like as we're driving, like call, I can hear the second engine leave, and I could hear, you know, or sorry, I couldn't hear. I could assume <laughs> the second engine would have more experienced members on it. Mm-hmm. So I remember going looking back at the guys behind, and I said, "Who's who's got the hydrant?" And I just got a bunch of people looking at me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like. I got the hydrant, <laughs> so and thankfully when we pulled up, the hydrant was literally like opening the door of the, off- the side of the truck, and it was right there. So I, I hit the hydrant as the officer. That was down by the ambulance. Yeah, station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and all I said to the guys in the back, I'm like, as soon as the second truck gets here, um, team up with one of their guys, um, and I'm, we'll talk about what the second truck's duties are. One of the things is events that manpower. So it all worked out in the end. It was just for a few minutes. There, I was like, ooh, this is interesting. <laughs> 
So it comes down to the hydrant. Like, first do engine. Do we need to hit the hydrant? We have a thousand gallons. I think most trucks, you know, I, I'm pretty sure most pumpers are going to have that, you know, close to a thousand gallons of water. That's actually, you can do a lot of work with a thousand gallons of water. And um, do, you, do you need to water right away? It'll last you a few minutes. Um, not only does it last a few minutes once it gets flowing, it also takes a few minutes for the water to get flowing. So you have that extra time for that second new engine to come. So for the most part, I believe um, it's going to be the second engine's job to get the hydrant. But sometimes it is a thing. Like we have to, we have to hit the hydrant. Um, there's been times where we pull up to the front of the structure, and the officer that gets there first is like, "We also need an engine on the back of the structure." So that hyd- that truck has to hit the hydrant. There's no other choice because we can't be, you know, um, we need water eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's <clears throat> in that about the hydrant. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, a fire truck's gonna roll up on scene roll past the closest hydrant, hit it, go set up, and hit the fire. But I think in a real world, typically, the first due engine is so focused on that fire attack, and they know that they have a thousand gallons on board, Mm -hmm. that they just make um, the hydrant sort of secondary. um, And also, you know, fires change over the years. Like, now it's like, if we don't hit it fast, it's going to be be gone. We, We had to set that fire clock back. Um, with her, maybe a transitional attack, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but we, you know, you got to hit it quick. Um, there's three or four guys that are, that are going to be on that truck that are going to be able to, to do some work before the second truck arrives. Yeah. I think so much of it, too, comes down to um, how far away, you know, like Scott was saying, he can hear the other uh, unit leaving. Uh, so if you're a ways away from, from the hall and you know you have that second engine leaving close close by, then you have that manpower out of that second engine that can hit the hydrant for you. Uh, if they're a long ways back, I mean, every time that that truck leaves, if we're on the first first truck, I'm listening to see how far back they are. The other thing, we're going to have an officer, a chief, a deputy, somebody's going to the scene first. So they're going to have eyes more times than not on uh, exactly what's happening on on scene. They're going to be letting us know that first truck that's coming, um, and that's really going to depend, I think, on on what you do, what what you choose. Do you take the extra few moments to hit the hydrant? Do you get the truck set up, pumping? Is it a potential rescue, like like we say, a transitional attack, to buy ourselves that 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 time that is really really crucial. Um, I think all of that is really going to weigh in on it. Yeah, I think because uh, <clears throat> I was going to make the same point, Scott. Of you know, with with everything changing now, with everything just being plastic, and our fire clock is is basically three minutes, and you're you're toast. Like it's mm-hmm. it's running so quick that stopping and hitting the hydrant, regardless of how fast you can hit that hydrant, that's one man that could have been on a line doing some good somewhere on yep. that structure. And it, <clears throat> I was watching something on the IAFF the other day where they were saying like just get water on that fire it doesn't matter if you're going through the front door or wherever if you're hitting from the outside of that building and you're actually hitting fire you are already helping whoever's inside if there's someone inside mm-hmm. and you're already helping the situation there's that ul um study they're doing um well i think it's over, <coughs> on, on that island in new york had all those structures those acquired structures and yeah they were you know they were doing transitional attack they were showing us like you know flash over so 1800 degrees and then they hit it, it was just a, a 10 second hose stream and it goes down to 250 300 so mm-hmm. it's, it's super important to get that water on right away 
Yeah, and yeah, tying up that one guy or that one member to to hit a hydrant. It's not necessary. I mean, you need water eventually, but is it necessary right. right away? Yeah. Um, what we d- one thing we don't do anymore, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer was a big advocate of this because um, wait a second, you clarify what you're saying. I was not a big advocate. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer was a big advocate against uh, of of, right. of justice to get this changed because it, it was a it was an odd practice, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know where, it and came I don't from. know if you can maybe know where it came from. It I'm still happens. No, please say it. Not for us. Oh, well, yeah. But I, there, I'm sure it still happens. So I'll let Spencer oh, explain. We were the only ones that did it. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> it still happens. I'll let Spencer explain. And, it, and it's been a good nine, ten years since we haven't done it. It's not been that long. It has not no, been that long. It has really? not been oh, that long. No. Yeah, I've been on the department. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it so happened. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Spencer, go ahead. So what we used to do is our first do engine would roll up and members would start attacking the fire with their hoses and whatnot. And our officers, whatever, would decide that the second engine coming in, which is basically a twin of the first engine, would pull up behind the first engine and lay out some two and a half and pump into the other engine. So yes, folks, you heard it here. <laughs> two engines, yeehaw, doing the job of one. <laughs> That's exactly what you said when you said, why are we doing this? I yeah. heard that meeting. <laughs> it drove me nuts because effectively it takes a pumper, which is a really cool piece of equipment, out of the fire. Yeah. His That operator basically is kind of making it a little easier on the operator of the first engine because they're dealing with the water supply. Yeah. But... Was that the reason? I don't know. It's like weird. It's a... It's kind of a weak reason. And not only me. does it tie up tie up the second engine that could be fighting the fire, if we didn't need the second engine to fight the fire, because for the most part, most structure fires, like single-family homes, can be done with one engine. Um, mm-hmm. Not with one engine worth, with worth of manpower, but one engine has enough hose and enough ability to put out most structure, most single-family mm-hmm. homes. That second engine, we le- we don't un- we don't tie it up anymore. We leave it parked off to the side. We might, I mean, we we do. We pull our rip gear off. Um, but we leave it for the most part intact because if there's another call, we have to go. We don't, we don't have a department where there's, you know, like New York where there's 50 other halls or whatever. There are 100, I don't know how many halls that New York has a lot. Uh, speaking of Chief Miller, a couple of weeks ago there was a picture of him. He, po- he posted a German fire station and had like 28 days. <laughs> 28 days is crazy. So uh, we don't have that. <laughs> We have an engine and another engine, <laughs> so you need another engine available because it does happen. Yeah, it's, it has. Yeah, I've been on call. You know, times where oh, there's another structure fire. But yeah. we talked about it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. especially so, during especially during grass fire season. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Spencer brought it up in a meeting because it, it had been happening for years and no one really questioned it. And all of a sudden, Spencer brings it up and it was like these light bulbs went on. Everyone's like. Yeah, why did we do that? <laughs> and I don't know if it's some throwback from the old days when maybe the pumps weren't as strong. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the deal was. Yeah. But it promptly changed, and we haven't went back since. Yeah, well, that you could boost a long yeah. hydrant with a pumper. Yeah. Like but, yeah, these things are like tender operations. Like where 50 feet apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one length apart. Not even, like, bumpers almost touching. Yeah. And we're pumping into the other truck. Two yeah. really good engines... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, regardless, we don't do that no more. We don't do that no more. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And so, if you're doing that out there, really think and justify why you're doing it. And if you can't figure out and justify why you're doing it, don't do it. Yeah. If there's a reason, 
tool. Do if there's a reason, send it on Facebook because we have no idea <laughs> yeah, why. We I would love to hear <laughs> the yeah. math. If you're doing it because you always did it, mm-hmm. man, stop it. Yeah. There was uh, I was watching. Uh, there was this video of the the monkeys in a cage and the ladder with the bananas. You oh, seen yeah. that one? Yeah, I'll yeah. post it on Facebook. It's brilliant. Yeah. There's a there's, they throw these monkeys in a cage. There's a ladder at the top of the ladder. There's bananas, and then the first monkey goes up and he goes to grab a banana and. All of the monkeys get sprayed with water, and then basically, like anytime anyone tries to go up to the ladder, the monkeys beat the monkey who tries giving it. So they they remove one, and then they put a new monkey in, and he goes up the ladder. They beat him, and eventually he's now taking that on. So he's beating the guys who got up there, and then it comes down. They've got all new monkeys, not the original ones. Everyone's still beating the guy who's going for the banana, and no one knows why. Oh, because yeah. they stopped spraying the monkeys now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They stopped spraying the monkeys, so they so, just they're yeah. just doing the thing, right? Like, oh well. This is what happened. That sounds like a PETA commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, off subject. Yeah. No, it's exactly perfect. It's true, though. Right? Yeah, it's, it's it's so you're just you're doing the thing because it's always been done that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thinking. It was maybe it was something that was back in the '60s. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was before we had a ten. Nope, that's no, not an excuse. I don't know. <laughs> that's no not idea. an excuse. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's back so, to the first two engines. <laughs> first two engines. <laughs> so I think we beat Hydrant to death. Yeah, yeah Hydrant's uh, So Hydrant, yeah, whether you hit it or not. So now you're going to do your attacks. So now, uh, you know, we've talked about various attacks. Um, we touched on transitional attack. Um, it's a huge thing nowadays. And like we said, it's what's old is new again. It's, it's the way they used to fight fires because they didn't have all these fancy SCBAs. But it's definitely the way we are, a lot of departments are fighting fires now. Um, and I, just again watching the videos and stuff on the Instagrams and the Facebooks um, watching the departments that flow water quickly is amazing like it's amazing the difference it makes in like instantly <clears throat> and then you'll see the departments that are like standing there and they're they're coiling, they're unrolling their hose they're flaking it out perfectly they're putting on their SCBA they're having a discussion they're doing I don't know what the hell they're doing uh, they're standing there doing some stuff and then all of a sudden and they're not searching anybody. They're not searching for anybody. They're just, mm-hmm. they're doing something. And then all of a sudden, you know, three, four minutes goes by and water starts to flow. And by that time, fire was pushing out everywhere and doing all sorts of things. But if you look at guys that are doing, um, that are doing the flow right away, it's amazing how fast it, it goes out. Just how, how, how quickly they can get in control of that. So it's definitely something that needs to be done. Um, like we, we say in practice a lot, you know, if you can put up, if you knock the fire down, it's 90, 95% of our problem is done putting that fire out, like knocking it down. Yeah. The, uh, one of the, one of the big things I was, again, I was watching the IAFF. They had some big conferences going on over the past, um, past few weeks. And, uh, I was looking at one and it was strictly on door control and ventilation and it was here and i actually posted it on the facebook's because it was a live it was a live thing that was going on and so i watched it and i posted that because it was great like the the guys the the chief that was on there and his secondary they were talking about like the temperature differences mm-hmm. and as soon as you open a vent here and here this is what it does <clears throat> it was just it was amazing to see and that door control stuff is is a massive massive key portion of it because again if you just close all the windows on a box and there's a fire in it, it's going to die. Like, that's just what happens. As soon as we intervene, and we've said it before, we are we, we make the problem worse to make it better, right? We open that door Sometimes, yeah. and we go. Mm-hmm. And it's that mentality of, okay, are we ready? Are you ready? Good. Okay. Now open the door. And second, the door guy should be there 
closing that up behind them afterwards as well. So door control, big, big key portion. Yeah, it's a great video I saw last week from Jim Miller posted it. Um, the guy, like, there was a structure fire, fire pushing out the front door, and the firefighter just walked up before anything else. He just walked up the, before the alarm was charged or anything. He just closed the door. <laughs> he said the whole fire over the roof. Yeah. yeah. And then he, then he grabbed the hose and set up, and then they went and did their attack. It's huge, huge. Yeah. I, you know, I think it. At one point, it was always like you don't want to limit, you don't want a ventilation limit the fire because it could cause a backdraft. That was always a big. Oh, you don't want to cause a backdraft. Break every window in the place. Then, then we will get a backdraft. Well, we talked about how you know backdrafts are fairly rare, and with today's homes, um, that that vinyl and plastic burns through so fast, it's, you're probably not going to get a backdraft. The big thing from what I understand is as long as you're cooling the gases. So making sure yeah. when you're taking that time, hit the ceiling, um, just cool that other layer and, and keep that temperature down. Like if you're not doing something with the water at the time, then you need to be doing something with the water. Like there's mm -hmm. there's moments you can take a break to pulse to see or whatever you need to do, but you should be you should always be shooting the ceiling, cooling that layer, or shooting across through the ceiling smoke and then hitting the other side yeah. for your target, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and you're you know you don't want to be disturbing the thermal layer too much because then you're gonna cause imbalance and possibly anyone that's still viable in that room. But yeah, you know again ten, situation. Ten second straight stream. Yeah. With a transitional attack. You're just trying to reset that for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah, and you're you know you're you're setting up for you're buying time for the guys to set up their next attack, mm -hmm. which might be you know a, which would lead us into our next thing like ventilation. Um, we're not. For some reason, up in Canada, we're not big on uh, roof venting, vertical, vertical ventilation. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can I can remember the last time we did it, but it was years ago. Mm -hmm. We did vertical vent. It was in an apartment. Mm -hmm. That was the last time we did true vertical ventilation. Um, we've done it, you know, chimney fires, and then we've chopped the roof open. But it's, I wouldn't call that vertical ventilation. That's more um, finding the seat of the fire. Mm -hmm. But true vertical ventilation, we haven't done in a long time, just because of the danger of it. I, you know, yeah. Um, yeah beyond that one I I don't think no we've never done it really much and it seems to be a very Canadian thing not do vertical ventilation um, watching American Fire Service they do a lot of vertical ventilation people are always on the roof um, it looks effective once they, when they get a hole chopped yeah mm -hmm. makes a really great chimney all that smoke leaves all the you know, fire starts going out the roof it does, it does lift it does make it easier to search um, but that risk versus reward, I don't know, um, with fans and stuff nowadays. Yeah, with the with the positive pressure stuff. And yeah. so here's a question. It was something that came up um, during watching that watching that um, briefing on ventilation. Who do you think should call for ventilation? Should it be the chief? Should it be who? Who do you think it should be? What part of the ventilation? When you say chief, you mean like oh, the IC? IC yeah. at the yeah. time, right? What what part of like? To call that we want ventilation, or yeah. to call when it starts. To call that they want ventilation. Well, like you said, if they're there the first, if they're there first on scene, they may know, or they should know. They should be able to look at it and go, "Yeah, we're gonna need some ventilation on this fire." Mm -hmm. So, in that regard, I'd say they should make the call. But if we get there and the call is being made yet, then, like we say, any one of our guys can, you can, you're not gonna make the call and be like. Like firefighter Bob is not going to be like, or Bob's not a bad. Like that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually the chief. 
Well, probably. Firefighter Kevin, because there's several of them, isn't going to be like, hey, let's do vertical or let's do positive pressure attack. He's going to make the suggestion, and a bunch of us are going to be like, yeah, it's a good idea, and maybe the captain's going to take mm-hmm. take up that. Um, yeah. But they, they, their argument was um, the guy inside should be making that call because he knows the situation, right? So the situation inside the room that that person is in, yeah. they should be making that call at that time. It's like, you know what? I need that window taken, yeah. communicate, yeah. take the alpha brother. I guess uh, what ventilation are you looking for? Because one thing we don't do and one thing we train, <laughs> because positive pressure attack is very like... Um, Intimidating, intimidating, scary mm-hmm. to some people, like to some chiefs and stuff. Because yeah. if they, because when you do it right, it actually looks like you made the fire worse. Because a, a mm-hmm. blowtorch should be coming out of the window yep. of the fire room because you're pushing all that stuff out the window. Um, but one of the key things, because what we train, because we don't like, we want to make it as safe as we can, is we don't ever turn the fan on when we're inside. If we're not, if we're, if we're gonna do a ventilation, we we either if we're already inside, we either come out turn the fan on or we turn the fan on and then go in behind the cushion of air for safety's sake because yep. that's the main the main reason why because you see videos and you hear stories of guys inside and then they turn the fan on next thing they get a flashover in there because they introduced so much you uh, so much so much air yeah. Um, yeah I mean the one that, if you're doing it right if you're doing it right it's going to work great if you're doing it wrong it's going to have really bad consequences mm-hmm. yeah that's the only thing is that you don't want people in there when you're feeding it air but i guess if you're talking about hydraulic ventilation mm-hmm. that's really where that's the guy that's the call to get person inside yeah that's i absolutely i believe yeah. that's probably what yeah. they were what they were alluding mm-hmm. to because it's really like it's the only way hydraulic ventilation works absolutely. is the yeah. guy inside makes a call because yeah. they realize i can't see or it's getting really hot in here i mean we've done it we did it on that structure fire upstairs that one building uh, when we helped out mutually that time, oh yeah, we couldn't see, and it was kind of, it wasn't like it's was not really quite mop up. It was getting close, yeah, and we just couldn't see. So we're like, we're gonna hydraulically vent this. This uh, we're in the hallway, I think. So we hydraulically vented the hallway because there was a there was a window at the at the end of the hallway, and then we hydraulically vented it under the pumper. <laughs> 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 but it was effective because it cleared out our hallway. <laughs> and why was it effective, Spence? Hydraulic ventilation works. Because <laughs> of the venturi. Is it, is it, is it because of some sort of effect? Yeah, because your mouth fat. No, but that's uh, positive pressure. That's not I hydraulic. Know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, same same principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hydraulic ventilation is going to be a room by room call. Yeah. If all of a sudden you can't see or it's too hot or whatever. Yeah. It's not an outside. Blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like hydraulic ventilation isn't an outside decision like we're gonna go into this building and we're gonna hydraulically vent that room yeah. i couldn't see that being a discussion it's kind of more tactical than strategic mm-hmm. yeah something like it's it's that person that's doing it gets to decide that one yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whereas anything positive pressure is more of a concerted effort yeah, yeah. And, and it's made and I, and I, yeah yeah i know there's arguments because you know um a lot of the fire service is still in the mindset of like if you're not telling the chief what you're doing you're you're freelancing but the, the person inside knows what's going on. If you hydraulically vent a room, there's really, I mean, there's not much downside to it. You're not going to make a fire really worse. If you're, if you're in that situation where it's so dark and it's so hot that you need to, you need hydraulic ventilation now. If you spray the, if you put it on straight stream and blast the window, even if the window is closed, we you know discovered that if you hit it with a straight stream, most windows are going to shatter because it, they're probably hot and they're probably compromised already. Mm-hmm. You're gonna blow that window right out. 
Um, the worst that might happen is someone might get a straight stream, like some firefighter outside might get a straight stream. Obviously communicate, but if you're in that dire of need that you need right now to be um, cooled in there, you know, that's the, the Spencer says it's tactical. You have to do it. Yeah, and if you're if you're in that room and that is where the seat of the fire is and you blow out that window, sure, you may introduce a little bit of oxygen, but you're going to see better and you're going to see that seat of the fire and you've got a fucking hose in your hand. Yeah, you got, you got, you go. you got the thing that's going to take care of the, the, yeah, the yeah. one thing that can take care of the fire you have in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> that's the hose. Yeah. And if you can see better and see the seat of the fire better, yeah. your next move is going to be right on there. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay, so <clears throat> we've uh, we've discussed a little bit about the, um, the the changing of tactics for the situation. So what now? So let's say uh, we now get a report that um, there is somebody inside. What does what does the fire scene look like? How does how do our operations now change? Well, I think tactics like it'll change because now priorities will switch um, and. In reality, we should treat all fires that there's somebody inside until we know for sure. Um, is it always done that way? No. I mean, a lot of times we get to a fire now, and I mean, like 99% of the time, we get somebody standing outside going, everybody's out. Um, you're not supposed to believe them because there's something going to happen, but for the most part, I don't I don't think, and I, and I know our chief doesn't think, risking people for a, a very, like, a 1% chance that somebody might still be inside, risking guys going in, um, before doing any type of fire attack, it's probably not. It's that that level is that danger level is so high to do that over this minute percent chance because like there's like a family of six standing outside. We're from a small town. We know everybody in that house. Possibly someone is probably gonna know who it is. But like, yeah, the whole family's accounted for. Could there have been a, a kid on a sleepover that the parents forgot about in that their moment of stress? Sure, but again such a minute chance the chances of it <clears throat> so that's when we would do the tax we were just talking about but if we get there cars in the driveway you know two in the morning More no one's no one's out no one's coming outside or one person's crawled outside and said there's people inside that changes our priorities now the priorities switch to we may still have to do transitional tactics slow that fire down but now yeah. we're going to start do, looking at other options it's like searching mm-hmm and that's really where that VIS comes from. Like that comes in so, like it's so good. Yeah. If you if you don't do VIS, once again, start training it, because it's it's a, such an easy way to do it. It's so easy to train too, um, and it's so effective. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna quickly just run over the VIS just briefly there, Ash? Yeah, sure. So oh, we've done it a few times. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've, right. we've kind of gone over it, but for maybe some of our newer uh, listeners who haven't. Uh, uh, who maybe aren't uh, training it or maybe haven't heard. So if you have a viable search room, uh, call it that 2 a.m. fire, it's a bedroom. Uh, there's many ways that you can identify a bedroom from the outside of a structure. Uh, it's a couple person team. Uh, you say it's a second floor bedroom. Uh, you're gonna get your ladder position. Uh, you're gonna have somebody that's gonna be going inside as the searcher, but their backup person is gonna be up on the ladder at the window and they're gonna have the thermal camera. They will be the eyes and, and not, not the ears, but they will be the eyes of the searcher on the inside. So V-E-I-S, vent, enter, isolate, search. Isn't the isolate implied? It's implied, I've heard on the internet. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> well, back in the day, it used to be V-E-S. I'm just, I'm lighting. I know, I'm I'm lighting lighting I, know I know you're lighting me up. <laughs> 
But it used to be VES. Vent, enter, search. But the isolate is like the key to the whole thing. Because mm. <laughs> if you just vent, isolate, or sorry, vent, enter, and search, that's pretty much every time you go into a structure. If you mm -hmm. open a door and you crawl in to go search, you've just done those things. You've vented and entered. And searched. Yeah. The isolate is the key to the whole thing. So yeah, yeah isolate should be implied, but it's the most imp It should just be called I. <laughs> the eye search. Everything else, everything else is just implied. Isolation is called the isolated search because that's yeah. the, what you do. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point of it. You're so anyways, anyways. <laughs> for, for, sorry for anybody who doesn't know, that is like a, <laughs> an ignite um, point for oh, Scott. Yeah. I'm calling so. the isolated search for now. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Trademark. DTFF trademark. Isolated search. <laughs> But <laughs> that is key. So you vent, smash that window, your uh, firefighter searcher enters, and the first thing they're going to do is look for that door. As soon as you close that door, you've removed um, and given yourself so so much time. Uh, even if there is a uh, fire in the hallway, it's right on the outside. Now, the big key here, too, is you don't just rush to the door and slam the door shut. Take a peek on the outside of the hallway with any search. Let's be smart. Somebody could have collapsed just outside the bedroom. This is a bedroom that we're we're kind of hoping to have here. So take a quick peek on the outside. Don't leave the room. Again, the the uh, as much as you can talk back and forth with the with your firefighter friend at the window with the tick, uh, it's probably gonna be smoky. You can't see. Uh, go in there, isolate, continue <coughs> to search. Uh, there's no hose line, and that's why a lot of chiefs and a lot of departments don't like it, because there's no safety factor. There, there's no backup there. It's a, it's a two-person search. Yeah. Like the hose line should be somewhere around. It like should be close by. Ladder yes. or something, yeah. just in case something goes off. But that. you're not bringing the hose lining yeah. on an attack. It's yeah. a, it's, it's a safety line at, at yeah. the bottom. It's quick, yeah. and you can go through. Uh, I think there was a video or some pictures that were up. You can search two or three different yeah. uh you know uh windows different rooms quickly minutes. um yeah like minutes for sure so yeah yeah um one thing that we have done in the past is um we've done so when Nash talked about the hallway we've we've done a couple scenarios where we've so you know to re get your maximum reach you hook your foot on the door frame and you reach as far as you can down the hallway so we've done times where we've done scenarios where we put a the patient farther down the hallway so we have them like 15 feet down the hallway and now what do you do? Because like the whole point of this thing is you do not go, to, you do not leave that room because that's your that's your area. So we actually did uh, one practice. I don't know if you guys remember, where we basically laid a base. So once we saw the victim down in the hallway, we laid a base attack. Like we pulled the hose in. So now we we searched that room. We knew that room was searched. So we almost treated that room as our because we know that the room is safe. Entry room. And that's that's now our, now our new entryway. Because an entryway doesn't have to be a front door or a back nope. door. It could be anywhere. So we we use that as we've isolated that room. So now that becomes kind of our front door, that room that's isolated. So we open that door, and now we push in because we know there's somebody at the end of the hallway. So we can push in. Um, I don't know if a lot of other departments do that, but it's it's definitely something that we've done a couple times where we've laid that base and pushed into the, the hallway. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not as easy, right? Because obviously with a doorway, you don't have to, you have to go up through a window. No. You know? And getting in and out of there is, yeah. again, a little bit more of a challenge, especially if it's on the second yeah. floor. But sometimes you, you need to do that. Because the argument would be, well, okay, so what do we do now? Okay, we'll send a team through the front door to try to find where that person we just saw down the, down the hallway was and try to make your way up that way. Or we could just go 15 feet down the hallway, push a hose line in, 
use that hose line for defense and pull that patient out where we just came in. Yeah. Let's yeah. mm-hmm. see. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> things, I guess, just, just briefly, um, if somebody could touch on, I just want to go back to when we first roll up on scene, because you said something there again, when we get to the VOS stuff uh, of, is there cars in the driveway? You know, like those that that kind of thing we've we've talked mm-hmm. about before with the the you know the windscreen checks and the window checks of what should we be looking for as we pull up? So I want to take that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be assessing the time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, are people typically at home at this time of day? Um, of course, that's gonna change. But you're looking for the cars in the driveway is a good indicator that people are home. You're going to be looking at where you're going to be positioning your fire trucks. Um, if you're the incident commander arriving first before engines, um, you're also going to be looking for power poles, and uh, that's a really key one to really quickly get on the on the air and get um, that utility to come down and turn that off because you really mm-hmm. don't want to be involved in a compromised structure with electricity involved as well. Mm-hmm. So you want that shut off pretty quick. Um, exposures you're looking for uh, do some defense on that kind of stuff tons of stuff to look for yeah a lot of it depends on what progress it fires in if it's fully involved and it's pushing in the neighbors mm-hmm. you're going to start fighting you're going to start protecting the neighbor's house um, I know when maybe not so much in a structure fire but even a, like a vehicle fire around here we don't if it's middle of summer Vehicle fire is the lowest priority. Like when we get to the vehicle, we don't fight the vehicle fire. We fight the surrounding area, making sure it's not progressing into the forest, because mm-hmm. that's going to be a hell of a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And that's where houses start getting lost. So we just leave the vehicle burn. Deal with the exposures yeah. first, and that's considered an exposure. Yeah, like the exposure is a wildland around it. Um, same with the structure. Like if a structure burn, and it's f- fully involved. Um, I know we had one up uh, a little while ago. We had to fight some of the grass fire around it before it got mm-hmm. out of hand. While we were, well, yeah, yeah, you were on it. Um, while we were also fighting the structure fire, and there was lots of exposures going off. There was there was an RV burning, and there was a truck that was about to catch on fire that uh, Dennis had saw. Yeah, rode a hundred, about uh, about fifty feet away. <coughs> I, yeah, I was, away from I, the house. Yeah, I was kind of off. I was officering that truck, and I <laughs> look over and I'm like, "Where's he going? He's wandering off with a hose. I'm like, Where's he going?" And then I noticed there's actually the truck smoke, the smoking. It was a distance away, but the heat coming off of it was. So the, yeah, those exposures are important. You want to try to keep it contained in that little box. Yeah, yeah, with all yeah. those on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about. I mean, I know it's going to be not. It's not a first two unit thing, but we talked about the hydrant. But what about when we don't have the hydrant? Yeah, uh, that's going to be another engine or another engine, another tender that's going to come rolling in. But it's important to understand where that first truck's going to park, and visualizing for the officer or that even the driver, probably more the driver. It's to re- realize, like in his head, okay, if I park here, I need to be able to drop a portable tank here to be able to pump into the truck to get the water, and I also be able to give him room so the tender can back in to dump the water. So there's a lot of all sorts of stuff that happens there, right? I wonder if that pumper into pumper <laughs> <laughs> originated from, from there when we didn't have a tender. Yeah. That's, well, that was my initial thought there. How yeah. long have we not had a tender? Like, that must be, yeah. So it is one of those monkeys slapping each other. Whatever yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> when I left in 2000, we did not have a tender. Not a tender at all? Not at all. Wow. Well, when I arrived back in 2004, we had our first tender. So it is a thing. It's probably that's what it was. 
the back and forth. A thousand yeah. gallons from the engine would be pumped into the other engine. And then would it take off? I guess it would have to. It would have to, yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow. There you go. That's interesting. Huh. Mm. There we go. The mystery solved. <laughs> Everybody can relax. Play attendant. Always blood pressure getting that lower. <laughs> probably listen to the first half of this. Those idiots! <laughs> First half. <laughs> he says that all the way through. Um, you guys get off on tangents. <laughs> it happens, Bob. It happens. Um, yeah. So uh, we, as well, and, and we've spoke about it before, where if we turn up, there is an active structure fire. Um, we've kind of played a little bit now with our new toy, which is the noisy cricket. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> our uh, our smooth bore for the the two and a half. We always, pretty much now, always pull the two and a half for damn near anything, really. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Yeah, <laughs> anything and brewing uh, power burning. It, it kills stuff quick. Like it is a, uh, it, it does the job pretty pretty fast. But again, you have to be very conscious of of your water levels and and what's going on. But after that, we uh, we then move over to the side poles, right? To our pre-connects. Right. Like, <laughs> side <a> <laughs> What? I thought it was a disciple, like a disciple. disciple? I'm like, what's, what's a disciple? Pre-connected. The minimum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was setting, I was setting it up for. Oh, I'll tell you, man. <laughs> How long have you been in this country? <laughs> what's that got to do with it? Do they call them disciples in Australia? It's just, <laughs> oh, I don't know, it's Ash Marshall. Marshall Bassett now. <laughs> is he talking uh, to us now? Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> this is live, right? <laughs> Marshall, you How did he know? Uh, um, yeah, so we we then move over. <laughs> We'd move over to the the, the Minuteman pre-connect on the side. Well, one thing with the noisy cricket, we should really take a picture of the noisy cricket. Yeah, it's right. pretty slick. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. So one thing that reason why we got the noisy cricket the way it is is um, we can unscrew the smoothbore tip and attach an inch and a half a line to it, so that way it's like we got a main two and a half to knock down the main part of the fire, and then we follow up attack with that inch and a half, mm-hmm. um, which I that is one of the videos I want to do that drill we were doing. Mm-hmm. I want to do that for the YouTubes. Yeah. There's an asinine hose leaving. <laughs> I was just thinking that. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. Because we haven't talked about that in a while. No, and it's time, baby. It is, yeah. What? What? What's the most asinine thing you can think of right now? It's on the back of a fire truck. It's on the back oh. of our fire trucks. Yeah. A bunch of engine houses in there? No. That's pretty asinine, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> It's a certain type of roll from a certain type of city. Mm-hmm. Oh, the old Cleveland roll. Ding yeah, down. sorry, I forgot that. Yeah, that. Who was that that said that? It's pretty asinine. Awesome. Some guy on a post somewhere. Some famous guy on a post somewhere <laughs> said Cleveland rolls are asinine. Well, you know, you got to realize that the interwebs are full of different opinions, and mm-hmm. sometimes people yeah. like to share their opinions, like just like we're doing now. It was actually funny because uh, our chief called the guy out on it. <laughs> Yeah. And then I backed our chief up because our chief said, oh, we find it works quite well. And the guy's like, have you tried it? And he's like, it, it reminded me of like a Dr. Seuss book. Have you tried it with a fox? Have you tried it on a box? It's like, he's asking all these weird questions. Like, have you tried to run it from a tower? Have you tried it? On... It's like, what are you talking about? So I put come back and like, we've tried it in all sorts of uh, different training um, areas and on multiple fires. 
Mm-hmm. And then I didn't get her comment back. <laughs> so in my mind, I won the argument. <laughs> Yay, you won the internet. Yay! <laughs> there are no Bob. So we... Uh, Tender, yeah, tenderize. Oh, you're getting lost now. Tenderize, tenderize, tenderize. Some steak now. Tenderize. Yum. There's because there's there's so many different pieces of work that are going on here, right? Like, because obviously we pull up in our trucks. We've got we've got the officer, and then we've got three in the back, one in the front. Guy in the front's obviously going to be the the pump operator, mm-hmm. and then um, we got the three in the back that are normally dealing with the actual attack. Yeah. Um, and if an instance does arise, then they are also hitting the hydrant. However, more important. And, that. and I almost think sometimes a, a city department, like full time city, would have a much easier time. Most structure fires, because it's going to be ninety nine percent of the time, it's going to be almost the same fire. It's like we're going to pull up. There's going to be a hydrant here. We're going to do this. Whereas with volunteer departments, again, volunteer firefighter podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that what we're called? Yeah, that's what we're called. Huh. Check us out. <laughs> Is that why we're called that? Um, we're going to run into those situations where we got the urban, we got the rural, we got some weird stuff going on. Not even I wouldn't even consider rural. It's like woodland, yeah. <laughs> but there's a cabin, <laughs> something on yep. fire, and then you got to fight that. So it's like there's all these different variables for what a first new engine would do in in our area. Um, we have, we're not like, we're talking about structure fire right now. Um, some discussion before this podcast started, we were talking like, well, what are we talking about for first do? Are we talking about rescue? Are we talking about structure? Are we talking about what happens when it gets to wildland? Um, uh-huh. So, also, that's what we're talking about with branches, I guess, with the branches coming off. Spin-off episodes. Mm, spin-off episodes, so, yeah. So we can't just, you know, the first do engine right now, we're talking like house fire, mm-hmm. structure fire. Yeah. And we're not talking about even commercial structures yet, because that's a whole other ball of wax. All right. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of said before, but so much of those first decisions are going to be made by whomever comes up on that scene first. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if it's your on-duty officer going going direct in the duty truck, if it's chief arriving on scene first, if it's the first due engine that arrives first. That's happened a few times. Which yeah, exactly. If we we have our duty officer he has the duty truck um could be i mean we all work so they could be on the opposite side of town we've got a good group of people that live close by for the evenings that work close by for the day so we roll a truck real fast it's one thing that we're really you know really really proud of so it's not unlikely that the engine will arrive at the same time or before um the uh, so so much is is learned and what those actions what those decisions will be based upon on if it is the first <coughs> truck there if it is the officer truck the uh, duty truck sorry that's coming there first um so much is very very pivotal of that initial 360 and getting the real idea of what that scene what that fire what that accident what the you know whatever we're talking about it's so so pivotal of that first few moments there well a lot of sorry a lot of it depends uh is good for us too because again from this area we all know the area Mm -hmm. we most of us grew up here um you hear where the fire is maybe you know the address maybe you don't but you can see it and you can see the smoke um I am responding, we can look, oh, I think that's so-and-so's house. 
and then guys in the back, someone inevitably knows somebody that lived there or somebody that's friends with the person. They're like, hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. He's a hunter. He might have a lot of ammo, this kind of stuff. So these, these messages start getting related. So that's even right there. It's starting to be, we start talking about. Um, Andrew's perfect for that. Oh, Andrew knows everybody. <laughs> he can give you the history of the as you're driving to the cool. Like, you know, you, you, he'll you give you like, this guy was divorced <laughs> in 1998, and then he got his second wife. Yeah. And then <laughs> Andrew's listening right now. He's going to be yeah, killing us on that. Nobody hears it. But he's great. Like, he's like, yeah, he is. A, and, he, and, and he's also a construction guy, so yeah. he knows probably how he it's built. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, watch for this, watch for that. It's gonna, This will happen. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that extra that extra knowledge of just uh, of all of those bits and pieces tuned mm-hmm. together. It's always nice to have. Again, you're right. That kind of small time, small time feel. We kind of as soon as we hear the address of the street, we're pretty much picturing what we're doing before we get there. And I guess that's another thing with the knowledge of your area, knowing what <coughs> streets are what, knowing that okay, it's an old the, the fire is an old part of town. It's this area. We know the structure. Okay, this is going to be an issue. We know the people that are there. That again, we get to that point of maybe we need to call the police. Yeah, situation changes quick. But. And back to the hydrant thing again. Um, in the rural, when we're driving out, sometimes we'll be like, "Do we need a tender?" Or does anyone know where the nearest hydrant is? Iron responding will tell us where, because like, we have it all logged, punched in. But also sometimes you're just, yeah, there's one right on the corner of this road. Okay, so we shouldn't actually need the tender, because that depends on what engines start or what units start rolling next because mm-hmm. you know maybe it's like it's usually engine one and two but then what te- does the tender need to roll next or should a rescue roll next or should something else roll next it's like we don't we don't know until until someone says the, the hydrant's pretty close right yeah yeah mm-hmm. key points is if you, do you have any key markers or any key points that you'd like to make just about what we're talking about with the with the first two Things that are the most important to you. I think information and quick assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's be mine. If you're first on scene, make sure you're doing your 360. I think that the only the only downside with the 360 and the only downside with reading any fire is depending on the stage of the fire, it could have been blazing two minutes before you got there. All the windows are closed and now it's just all died off because it's burned up all the stuff. But it, you know, you have no idea where it really truly is and where it's sat. When it's in that phase, right? So, just be careful. Try and read it as best you can. It's almost impossible sometimes to know where that stuff's going on, especially if it hasn't vented yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say around here, we ninety nine percent of the time we're coming up to if it's a working fire, it's self venting, one way or the other, um, or somebody left a door or a window open, um, but. You are right. Uh, I I think just go you know, right back to what you said there that uh, first do three sixty is key. Get good eyes on it. See see exactly what you're working with on every single side, um, and just get that info out as quick as possible. Got any expensive? Water on the fire real quick. I think that's something that we didn't really touch on too too much. Like we we were pretty aggressive. That's we kind of default that way. Um, the quickest Choco. way. <laughs> 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 Hashtag. <laughs> the, quick, aggressive. <laughs> the quickest way to uh, remove the danger is to remove the danger. Put out the fire. Right? Like a meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, right? Like, 
ah, this person's in danger way over here, but there's a raging fire way over here. Well, if we put the fire out, or at least slow it down, the rescue's way more viable. So, get water on fire early. Everything's yep. good. Mm. No. Anybody, anything else? Oh, we got lots, but... Yeah, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna ventilate, make sure that you know what ventilate in that room is mm -hmm. gonna do to the rest of the structure, and mm -hmm. be extra specially careful with your door control. Communication yeah. is yeah. key. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get the side poles off. Side. <laughs> Get your disciples. Get all the old disciples. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna call them our disciples from here on. Our wise man. <laughs> there you go. That's oh, way better. No one's gonna know oh, what we're talking about. Get the noisy creaker of the two wise men off. <laughs> what is going on? Why oh, the disciples? Why the disciples? <laughs> this is a thing. We're changing it. I can't wait for dispatch. Well, this. Minuteman's been around for so long. It, it needs a change. I think disciples. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> oh, the British. <laughs> Ash, out. <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Mr. Spence. Good night, Carl. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.